Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Carrie Evelyn Harris, who is running for senate in Delaware. I'm going to just jump right into my conversation with Carrie because it's a really good one. And if you don't know her yet, get ready to be chanting her name. Carrie is one of those people who has the ability to inspire. She's not even through the primary yet, and already her campaign has been through more than most. But she's determined, she's hopeful, and as she says, we'll never outraise, but we will outwork. So I was reading your bio on your website, and you have such an interesting background. <laughs> like any one of the things, you're a veteran, you're a community organizer, you know, any one of these things would be like, oh, yeah, that's a good background for politics, but you've just got like this slate of them. Yes, <laughs> it's true. And it seems like your background, it tends to be one that I guess kind of resonates more with conservative politics, mm-hmm. being a veteran and, you know, coming back from, from the war and having to look for, for jobs and, and things like that. I, I guess my question around that is, like, what are your opponents saying bad about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is um, they haven't been able to really say anything, <laughs> right? Um, you do... It's not my opponent. It's um, mm-hmm. there are you're always going to get some people who are caught up in bigotry. I I make the joke that I'm a whole lot of otherness, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and it's just it's easy for human beings to dwell on negativity. And so every so often, uh, I'll get some type of racist or homophobic or gender like a sexist joke. Um, but uh, for the most part. I have to say that my opponents, regardless of party, have been relatively kind about who I am. Um, And so now it's just getting the voters on board um, with trusting that we deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be what makes the huge difference. Uh, And then with my background, um, you know, sometimes when you're going through the hardships, you're thinking you know, do I have bad karma? You're right. Like, what's going on? Um, and you know, there are hardships that definitely that I have had to deal with, but, um, and I never saw myself running for office. It was never mm-hmm. ever something I thought I would do. Um, but now as a candidate, I realize every single one of the, uh, experiences that I had set me up to be able to relate to people. Oh, absolutely. If if I hadn't had them, uh, you know, one of the things I say is that even with the best intentions, uh, whole groups of people are are still marginalized, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's the difference between saying, hey, we need to, we can't forget about them over there and saying, whoa, what about us, right? And so uh, I have the ability to say, whoa, what about us in so many different facets, whether it's blue collar work or working a um, minimum wage job, really trying to keep my family uh, together, uh, being a military veteran, serving in a time of war, thinking I was joining in peacetime, the experience of what that means um, as far as, sending others to war, um, my experience of traveling the world and seeing both the beauty and the uh, just how poorly human beings could treat one another, living in poverty um, as an adult when at one time I th- 
had everything together and just seeing how easy it is for our economy to pull the rug out from anyone. Um, growing up with with parents who were teachers and having them work multiple jobs and knowing that teachers are still doing the same thing today. Seeing how important it is for people to be advocates for their community uh, and for their families and teaching people how to do that because I learned how to do that as a young person. Um, all of these things set me up to uh, stand right here, right now. It, I have a, a gentleman on our team and he's actually from Britain. And it's interesting, we say run for office and they say stand for office. Yeah. Right? And every time he says that, I'm like, Bert, right? I was like, <laughs> I love that, right? Uh, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stand firmly. When things are shifting around us, we're supposed to stand firmly at, to what we know is right. Um, and and so if, if I hadn't had any one of those experiences, I don't know that I would be as um, prepared for the job as I am now. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, you have a whole lot of otherness, but all of these experiences also allow you to be like, well, yes, I am that, but also, you know, you're a veteran, I'm a veteran, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids, you were struggling to find a a good paying job, I've been there too. And like, you've got all these other touch points where you can really connect with people. Yes. Okay. I'm very excited about our conversation. We've yeah. already gotten way into it, but let's get you introduced so people know who you are. Awesome. So um, who are you and for what are you running? My name is Carrie Evelyn Harris, and I'm running for United States Senate to represent the small but mighty state of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> I love to say that we are the mirror image of the rest of the United States. I tell people all the time, when we get it right here, uh, we can prove to the rest of the United States what the formula is for Uh, putting forward positive, lasting change. So why did you decide to run? Man, okay, so as I said earlier, I would never saw myself as a candidate. I always saw myself as somebody in the background, pushing policies um, from behind. uh, If a candidate ran, helping them with their campaigns, but never did I see myself as being the candidate. Um, However, I saw that there was a need, right? I saw that... Uh, my opponent was voting on things that weren't best for our community. And I was hoping that I could find somebody willing to to run. Uh, and there were people who were interested, but they were concerned, right? They were concerned about what that would mean for them um, because we are a small state. And so there is a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of pull and somebody could technically kind of be blacklisted if things didn't go well. Uh, and so all the possible candidates uh, that I thought of weren't willing to step forward. And because I knew it had to be handled, I realized that somebody had to do it. And if nobody else would, it would have to be me. And so uh, I threw my hat in the game and I said, Let- let's move forward with this. I actually looked into running last summer we started doing meet and greets, um, seeing what the feel was of the general population here in Delaware. Were they prepared for change? Did they want change? And we were getting a lot of positive energy at that point. However, I am a uh, community organizer. For those out there that know what community organizing is like, it's um, there's a lot of ups and downs. You don't get paid for everything that you do. 
Um, and when you do get paid, it's usually not very much. So um, in October, I had to make the hard decision to say, uh, I cannot go further with this campaign. I knew that everybody that was willing to back this campaign in this state was taking a major risk. Uh, and I could not allow them to do so if I didn't know that I could give 100% to the campaign. And so again, I hadn't planned to run, so I had I didn't have to plan way out in advance on how my finances would look. And so now that I was suddenly the candidate, it was a lot, it was a quite different structure in how I had to plan making it through this campaign. And so it was definitely one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. The first people I told were my parents. Um, and it was emotional because I really do believe in democracy. I do believe that when you feel that you can make a difference in your community, that you must. Mm -hmm. And I was literally priced out of the ability to serve my community. And it was one of the reasons I was running, right? To change what politics looked like and felt like, and I couldn't do it because of income. Uh, so I let the team know, and sh sure enough, you know, they were disappointed as well, but they understood why. And so I just kept doing what I was doing, fighting the good fight, pushing pol policy that I felt was really important for communities such as health care and criminal justice reform, tax reform that worked for the working class, education reform, environmental justice, you name it, I was working it. Um, and then things came together, right, financially where I knew everything would be better, but I didn't even think that there would be an option to run again. At the end of December, uh, one of my team members came to me and said, Carrie, would you reconsider? And I said, reconsider what? And she said, running. And I said, do we have a team? And she said, yes. And I said, absolutely. I said, let's sit down. Let's see if this is something real, because we have to make sure that everybody believes as strongly uh, because we're only going to have a short period of time to win this. And we have to inject our excitement, our belief into everyone else. So within that week, we sat down with the team. Everybody was ready to go. The one hold up was getting the clearance from my daughter because I'm already away a lot as an organizer. Uh, and I'd be away even more with at running a campaign. So um, once she gave it the, the green light, we were prepping for the kickoff and February 10th, we, uh, one day before my daughter's birthday, we officially launched. And um, it's been amazing. It has, to see the excitement within our community, to understand that people are ready for change, to see the looks on faces of the working class community when somebody doesn't just say, hey, I understand what you're going through, but they know that I literally am in the trenches with them. It is a different type of feeling. They approach you completely differently. Um, and they believe that their voices are going to be heard. And it's just been so uplifting, sometimes uh, painful to watch, right? Because you hear stories that uh, are presented to you differently as a candidate versus a community organizer. As a community organizer, we're in it together, right? Um, we're going to fix this together. And as a candidate, they look at you with this, with this sense of hope and as if you are their last, their last resort, right? We need you to make this happen, Carrie. We need to know that politics works for us. We need to know that our voices are going to be heard. 
we need to know that you're going to fight even if at the end of the day you know you won't win this one but you we know that you won't ever give up on us and so it's it can be a heavy charge but every day it is so it is um it drives me it drives me i wake up early go to bed late uh, i'm exhausted and then i'm like what am i doing and then somebody on the team will be will bring up a story i'm like that's why okay let's go right and and it's not just me it's the entire team working that hard um because we know we know what hold we hold in the balance and it's so much more than simply writing legislation it's making sure that people feel hope again they feel actually represented that they don't turn the channel because they feel like what's the point of looking at this nobody cares about us uh, it's the idea of somebody looking at me and saying wow like not that long ago she was nearly homeless and now she is going to be our next senator i can do that too there's a chance for all of us and a child you know i was when i was frying chicken at the gas station i know that i felt like um i know i should be able to have more right mm-hmm. and nobody was my biggest cheerleader than my daughter and then she was so proud of me, right? She would even say, I want to fry chicken when I get older. And now every parent that's frying chicken at a gas station or mowing lawns or doing a job that they know that their skill set allows them to do more, they know that tomorrow um, things can be differently. We just got to, we have to believe in ourselves. We have to uh, put the work in and work within our communities. And, and it's really possible. What gives you energy? Oh. I don't know. No. uh, (laughs) So uh, I have to say, when I say I don't know, sometimes I'm so surprised by how much we can get done in such a little bit amount of time. Um, But really, what inspires me, what inspires me to dig deeper is looking at my children, looking at my family, looking at my community and my friends, um, hearing the stories and knowing that uh, if we stick to the issues that really drive people that we really can make these changes people will get behind it and i've seen the power of people showing up at capitol hill pushing specific policies and it going in their favor however people are getting drained and they don't feel the hope and campaigns like my own and others who are regular people, right? Teachers leaving the classroom. Um, We have uh, laborers leaving the uh, assembly line. We have community organizers. Uh, All of these people are stepping up to participate in our democracy because we know that it can happen now. We Mm -hmm. feel the energy. And to see it happening across the nation, it makes you realize you're not alone. In the same way that somebody looks at me and says, wow, that could be me too. I look at others and say, we're doing this. And um, and we can't stop because everything is dependent on our success. Right? Everything as far as putting back into the American people, the belief in our democracy is going to hinge on these elections that are coming up. And so I, I can't stop. And it just fires me. And um, I can't, I don't think I would, I don't know that I'll ever be able to fully put into words what, what pushes me, but that's the best that I can do is to say, uh, it's my, the people I'm surrounded by. It's my, mm-hmm. my group. <laughs> 
So you're challenging a three-term incumbent and someone who's like been entrenched in Delaware politics for a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, before a couple of weeks ago, I would have said that that sounds nearly impossible, but you know, we, we've seen what's happened. We've seen this huge wave. It feels like a huge wave. Does it, does it feel that way on the ground? Like where you are? So, Yes and no, right? So I'm somebody that tries to stay focused on where we're going. So I, I try not to allow myself to think of how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. But every so often, something will hit and you just realize the enormity of it. And uh, and then you see, you hear other people's excitement like, oh my goodness, this is happening, right? And it's really with that much vigor and excitement. And then you're like, oh! It is happening. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, it's, and sometimes it's little silly things like um, I was leaving meetings, going to another one. I stopped at this burger place. I'm walking in and somebody says, look, there's our next senator. And oh, I literally wow. was in the process of turning around to find out who they were talking about when I realized they were talking about me. And uh, I said, oh, hi, how are you? And I introduced <laughs> myself, right? Um, and for people to believe that strongly uh, is it tells me what that we're doing something right and for people even things like people challenging I I love it because it allows me to prove not just that I belong here but that the average American belongs here we belong in a place of representation for our communities right so the more pushback I get, the harder I fight because I know it. I know I deserve this position and I know our community does. And I know that other people's who's, who, people who have stories like mine deserve to be in this position as well. And too long have we uh, fallen victim to the propaganda that said that, oh, only certain types of people can be here. We're, we're proving them wrong every single day. We're showing that they're starting to run scared. It's little things like giant billboards now going up on the side of our roads saying, oh, we need to we need to remind people who I am as opposed to we're knocking on doors and we're not spending money. We're spending time with people. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to call into a very conservative radio station here and some people weren't too excited about me calling as far as um, supporters because they're like, oh, they're just going to they're going to tear you down. And we had a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and by the end, this radio show host was very supportive because I would explain myself to him. And I told him, I said, this is what we need. We need to bring civility back into our democracy so that we can move things forward to help the people. But instead, we're so we we fall victim to party divides that make it so that the working class falls behind. Mm-hmm. And yet when we have these conversations, we tend to say, oh yeah, I agree with that. Well, that makes sense. Right? Uh, I'm just, I'm lucky to be exactly where I am uh, and to see the changes that are occurring and the excitement that is, is now becoming palpable. Uh, more so than when we first started. Because like you said, people said it was uphill battle and we knew it. Uh, we weren't afraid of it because that's what we do, right? We, we fight uphill battles all the time. Me as an organizer, uh, working class people just trying to survive. Uh, 
you're constantly trudging uphill with heavy backpacks, so to speak, filled with things like mortgages and car payments and not enough salary to make us get through the end of the month and not sure exactly what the future holds because there's no such thing as pensions and they're talking about taking away social security and and health care for some of us is is non-existent and for other ones of us it's inadequate and all of these burdens we carry uphill every day what makes people think that we should shy away from one more uphill battle and now we're starting to see that it's starting to level out and uh and the powers that be are getting nervous and they should be because we deserve to be here and, mm-hmm. and make that change for our communities. So when you're out knocking on doors, talking to people in your community, what are the big issues that they care about right now? The major ones, um, health care. We have education, crime, water quality, uh, infrastructure, and job opportunities. So to explain a little deeper, health care, uh, in Delaware, we have per capita the l- largest number of millionaires. In the United States, we also have one of the highest ratios of uh, people living in poverty. So we have quite the uh, haves and have-nots here. So that goes alongside healthcare and what is adequate healthcare, regardless of the the area we knock in, whether it's low-income areas or upper-middle-class people are concerned and they want universal healthcare. I spoke to a gentleman. He has what would be considered a pretty decent job, right? Um, he's an analyst at a bank. And he said, you know, I hate my job. And I was like, you hate your job? He was like, yeah. He's like, I make plenty of money, but I, this is not what I want to do. I want to work within the communities, but I can't afford to. He said, I even thought about it, maybe retiring early, but then the cost just to have insurance for my family would have been $4,500 a month and I can't do it. And I said, so you're working in a job that you hate because of insurance? He said, yeah, I work for my insurance. Then we have other people who are self-employed, can't afford insurance, and so they take risks every day because they have to balance making a living and pursuing their dreams, right? Then you have education. Again, it's an issue of have and have nots, and I, and I know this experience firsthand because of growing up. I grew up in a very middle-class area, so our property tax paid for a very middle class education, lower middle class, I should say. And then I moved to another area where my parents got a great deal on a house with a tax bracket that was way outside of what their earnings were. But the houses surrounding us were multi-million dollar houses. And I saw what tax brackets do for public education. Mm -hmm. And we see that in our state. And it's a problem. It's a problem about who gets to have quality education. And opportunity hinges on that education. And we're seeing education gaps as young as the age of two. So we have to fill in those foundations and then move forward and make sure higher education is affordable. Um, Crime is an issue, but we also lack opportunity. We know the number one driver of uh, crime and poverty is lack of opportunity, but we don't have the infrastructure necessary to encourage businesses to come here. We have all the LLCs here, right? As everybody knows, but they don't actually function here. And so, especially especially in our lower two counties, job opportunities are few and far between. 
in our northernmost county, there used to be many, but then when the factories and everything went away, the average working class family didn't have anything that they could work towards. And so we need to bring those back around. Our lowest county, the majority of it doesn't even have high speed internet. And our public transportation is laughable. And so if you're low income, how do you get to places when we are in an area that is so spread out? Uh, we definitely need more public transportation to include a rail system. And that's something that is a concern to many people. And our water quality, especially in Sussex County, um, the 100% of the homes function off of well water, and the majority of them are so contaminated that it's risking health, and there are already people dying from that well water, and children are being born with birth defects. And it's happening in other areas in Kent and Sussex and Newcastle County as well. So these are the things that people push the most, and you know, and it, it didn't take a short period of time. It wasn't just the recession that made this happen. Um, you know, our wells, some of them took up to 30 years to contaminate. So again, people aren't feeling like their representatives listened to them when they needed mm -hmm. it. And their concern and something that I'm pushing is we need leadership that sees the problem before it's a problem and stops it. You know, and that's not always a glamorous thing to do because you don't get kudos if it never happened, right? Um, but that's your job. Your job is to take care of your your people. Just like as a parent, you take care of your children. You need to also take care of those whom you serve. Have you always been political? Yes. Uh, I grew up in a very political family. Uh, my parents were activists, uh, both of them. My um, And my grandfather is, uh, he's Swedish and um, he was from an immigrant family. And so to him, he really felt that democracy is something to be cherished. Your vote is something to be cherished. And we were raised like that. And so my mom pushed it and my dad pushed it from a different angle, which is uh, my father's side is black. And for them uh, and the older generation, people died for the right to vote, to participate okay. in our democracy, to move things forward. And so my parents made sure that we understood that our job was to participate within our system uh, as best we could to advocate for those around us and, you know, to recognize that even when we're having hardships, there's always somebody else that is struggling a little bit more and that you can't stop fighting until everybody's okay. And so it's something that wasn't an option, participating in politics, participating in your community. It was something that was mandated of us as uh, the children of Floyd and Jennifer Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Are you replicating that with your kids now? Absolutely. My, uh, my son is too small to pay attention, but my daughter, uh, she's been to quite a few activities with me and I, <laughs> I and her line, it always makes me giggle cause it's so cute is, uh, she's She'll say, we're going to go save the world again. Right, mama. And I'm like, that's right, baby. We're going to save the world again. So, um, uh, she knows that's what is expected. And, and she'll tell stories about standing up to bullies at school for other students and, um, and, just her way from her seven-year-old world, how you make things better. Um, and so, yes, I, I expect them to carry on with this. Hopefully they don't have to fight as hard as uh, my parents did or as hard as I am. My parents didn't think I would have to fight this hard either, but hopefully we're learning that you can't become complacent 
and it's easier to maintain something that is beautiful as opposed to having to recreate it. So hopefully my parent, my, my children will only have to uh, maintain. Mm. That's, that's a beautiful thought. <laughs> we can do it. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people get involved with your campaign? So, um, you know, something that people have said, uh, it's been called out that we have people helping from throughout the nation Mm -hmm. and as if that's a bad thing I just want to say that I think it is one of the most beautiful things that is happening in this movement with people stepping forward and participating in this system we are working class people so the people in Delaware who are putting in sweat equity are being funded by those working class people in other states who believe in this cause, but know they can't knock on doors and make phone calls and do all these things. And so um, we're working together. We know as working class people, it takes a village and that's what's happening in this campaign. So I wanna thank everyone, uh, definitely my Delawareans that are participating in this, but everyone in the 41 states in the District of Columbia that is participating. Um, The best way to reach out is through kerryevelynharris.com. That's K-E-R-R-I-E-V-E-L-Y-N-H-A-R-R-I-S.com slash volunteer. And we can take volunteers from uh, Delaware and throughout the nation. There's always something for everybody to do. And we're never going to outraise, but we will always outwork. And so anything that you can give, whether it's an hour or several hours in a week, we would greatly appreciate it. And it will make sure that we win September 6th. You can also follow us on Twitter at Carrie Harris DE and Facebook is just Carrie Evelyn Harris. Um, and we encourage you to share, 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 let people know that this campaign is happening. Let people know that representation is going to feel different come Thursday, September 6th and uh, then finalize in November. And um, we can win this and we deserve to be there. All right, I got one last question for you. What is one piece of advice that you have for a woman who might be thinking about running for office? For women with children specifically, (laughs) um, it is to make sure your village realizes just how much time you will be away. Um, Childcare is is quite a thing to to juggle. Um, and if you're working class, you probably don't have the funds to have extended child care that is paid for. So um, that would be something that I would say from the beginning, have a whole bunch of people on board because especially when your campaign takes off and it will because women are showing that we are meant to be leading. Um, make sure that you have your village prepared. <laughs> That's great advice. Yeah. Well, Carrie, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. And again, as we spoke before we got, we went on air, thank you for making sure that you're highlighting women in politics. (laughs) And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Carrie Evelyn Harris for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at CarrieEvelynHarris.com. That's K-E-R-R-I. E-V-E-L-Y-N-H-A-R-R-I-S dot com. She's also on Facebook at Carrie Evelyn Harris, and you can find her on Twitter at at Carrie Harris D-E. You can find this show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend. 
and go take a second to rate the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to the show on Google Play, Stitcher, or just wherever you like listening to us. I am going to take the next couple of weeks off for a little summer break, but I will be back with new episodes in August. So that's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.